0: Well, you know, since founding SCAD many more than 40 years ago and getting to know so many amazing students and alumni over the years, I just am so proud to be with you today and, and to be a part of this amazing program. I've always felt like once a bee, always a bee. And um, you certainly exemplify that. I decided to endow the uh, SCAD Alumni Atelier and to create it in 2016 as my personal, um, you know, honoring of our alumni and my, just a symbol of my commitment to the SCAD family, because this will go on and on and on for, for infinitely into the future. And I just appreciate you charting the course and being some of our early ambassadors um, since we started in 2016. I hope that this program honors our graduates and uh, that it really elevates everyone's creative visions and it just enables them to take the time and have the resources to uh, pursue their grandest Dreams. It's it's just an opportunity to uh, uplift our alumni. You know, we say we have pre-bees before they come to SCAD. We have bees while they're at SCAD, and then we have grad bees. And so, those of you who are in that elite category of actually holding a SCAD degree, then you know how much that means uh, out in the world that when you tell someone you graduated from SCAD, then uh, that confers a certain like respect and it has an elite reputation. And the group of alumni who are part of the atelier are an even smaller group. So um, you're very, very special to me. And I know that you'll always support each other as well as um, helping to represent SCAD in the years to come. So for these 2021 winter ambassadorships, you know, I'm so glad that you came home to SCAD and we're just so, so proud of you. Very, very eager to see where your careers take you. And I'm honored that SCAD will really forever accompany you on these adventures. Speaking of adventures, I know you've had some extraordinary experiences this quarter. So let's talk. Tell me a little bit about um, your experiences this quarter, Coco and May. Jump right in. Tell me about working virtually, about what enticed you to join this uh, Alumni Atelier Ambassadorship and work virtually this quarter. I mean, for me, it's been so lovely because I wouldn't have been able to do
1: this if it wasn't virtual My work at Williams-Sonoma really keeps me rooted in San Francisco. So this has really given me the opportunity to reconnect with SCAD in all of that free time and schedule meetings throughout the day and really feel connected both with SCAD and my work as a professional designer. So it's been wonderful
2: to be able to do it digitally. I agree with Coco. Um, It's it's been an amazing experience to both work and bring in this project and um, it's it's been with the pandemic and everything going on in the world I've had the opportunity to open up my website sell varieties of sizes and it's really exciting to take this project and and be able to put it digitally and offer different sizing so it's really opened up a whole new world for me as an artist.
0: And both of you are in California, so you're participating virtually and you have multiple businesses and professional obligations going on at the same time. So I imagine that just even saving on the travel time, um, is, is enabling to you to pursue, you know, your, your new visions. I wonder how the pandemic has affected both of you in your professions, just as a matter of interest, not particularly about the Alumni Atelier, but just what impact have you seen and, and what do you expect going forward? Absolutely. For
1: me, it's been wild because the furniture industry has just completely exploded with everyone being at home and being displaced. So it's just booming and booming and there's tons of opportunity. There's tons of room for growth. So many places are hiring. It's so nice to be looking for talent right now. It's bad. Um, it's just a hugely successful field to be in given the displacement
2: and everyone being at home. But sorry, May, go ahead. Absolutely. For me, uh, it's, it's really opened things up to communicate digitally with people through the pandemic um, on my journey. I, I just hold so much gratitude for the connections that I've made through Zoom, actually. Um and having lived in New York City prior, and it just changed my whole daily routine, to be honest with you. So it's it's opened up a whole world for uh this digital connection that that perhaps I I previously didn't see as such a deep connection. And now I recognize that we can connect digitally through this platform and share time and space in this reality. So in that way, the pandemic has really brought me closer to people through Mm -hmm. online platforms than, than I've ever been. And especially with customers online, having more online sales, people are shopping more online because they can't go and shop. And so I've seen an increase of interest on my site. So I'm, I'm excited to add more pieces and, and offer offer things online. Whereas before, I, I it was really about face-to-face. Um, and, and so it's really opened up a whole new industry for just the online world.
0: Since both of you have graduated and now you've reconnected with SCAD in this way, although I know May, you know, we've had a lot of connections over the years, um, but how would you describe SCAD's evolution and and SCAD's impact on the world and the different professions that we prepare graduates for? Um, How would you describe that to alumni and even to prospective students who might be thinking, oh, what, what does their future hold? I
1: think the cross-functional approach, you know, I, was, I did a talk with the painting department and they were talking to me about how much they emphasize the business aspect of, you know, owning a business as an artist is so important. And I wish I had that in my undergraduate program. It's something that, you know, we have to be aware of as artists that it is such a big part of our lives. And I think that SCAD really brings that to the table in a really refreshing, new and innovative way And so I think that that's so important for all professional artists to be trained in that kind of multifaceted
2: approach. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And to encourage the students and the youth who are interested in going to an art school to to continue to create and not be afraid to make mistakes. That's uh, something I really emphasized with the athletic footwear class that I spoke with and the, um, the mentor that the mentoree that I'm speaking to is just be okay to make mistakes and be able to tell the difference between what you like in your work and what you want to change. And just to continue to push through that, um, not feeling enough and making, making mistakes and let allowing your mistakes to be happy accidents, sometimes revisiting work and finding that maybe it's a lot better than you thought and just encouraging young artists and students to create. I think that's so important, um, especially for me as an artist trying different mediums that I'm used to. I make mistakes all the time and sometimes it really helps me. It guides me and it changes the the overall aesthetic of, of what it ends up being. So I really encourage young artists who, to explore and to let themselves uh, make mistakes and, and learn from them.
0: So May, didn't you, in your senior collection at SCAD, didn't you have lights in your garments? And, and also I'm wondering, like, how did you get into the parachute material that you used for a while? I don't know if you're still working with parachute silks, but um, I thought that was brilliant what you did, but I'm wondering how'd you get into that?
2: Well, as a senior, I it was just such a different time in the world. It was 2008, 2009, and the world had changed. Um, it was the real estate market had crashed, and there's just a lot of financial changes in the fashion industry as well as in the world. So for me, as an artist, I had to be very resourceful, and it really happened very organically. I... Was on a, a bit of a budget and so i ended up at a military surplus and bought a mosquito net and some uh, strap that goes on a tank and um i had this whole sketch and this whole idea of what i was going to do and i ended up draping this mosquito net gown which was totally different than the drawing and my professor carol harris was like you need to keep going with this like lose the top or whatever that was this is what you need to go with and so as my senior professor she really encouraged me to go with this experimentation with fabric and draping and not to you know so much stick to the sketch and really just see what I could create with my hands so that that was really opened my mind to like, okay, now I can find interesting materials, put them on the dress form, make it a beautiful gown. And ultimately I ended up with a parachute um, at the end of the collection. And that really changed my trajectory for several years after that. Um, Brilliant.
0: It was brilliant. Yeah, it was brilliant. But you just needed that reinforcement and that encouragement that, you know, your idea was quite valid and, um, extraordinary and you should go with it. So I'm glad you did. (laughs) I'm wondering Coco, um, professionally, what have you discovered during your ambassadorship?
1: It's been so interesting because I think you wait for this opportunity your whole life as an artist, right? You want someone to kind of believe in your idea and you want to be able to run with it. And when I first jumped on board I was so excited and then the whole world was shut down and I could do very little, you know. So I I think that for me professionally, it's largely been about being patient and forgiving myself for not being able to like just jump in and, you know, tear things off. It's it's I really revisited some older materials that I used to work with. And it's been more of an investigative time of how do we work in this kind of new environment that we are living in, right? And it's particularly in San Francisco was so shut down, that it's like outdoor dining just opened a few weeks ago. So Mm. um, to be that shut down and in my own house, it's been like, okay, how do I make this work given the limitations?
0: How did you get your job with William Sonoma?
1: So I was working for Jonathan Adler before I went to William Sonoma and I was the head of Mm -hmm. furniture, lighting and accessories when I was there. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a really good opportunity to head up lighting Um, for a pottery barn at Williams-Sonoma and Mm -hmm. I mean I love the the aspect of retail design how fast paced it is is really good for my personality so um it's a good fit.
0: Yeah one of your professors wrote about you that you should have your own talk show about design (laughs) back when you were a student um she wrote that about you (laughs) and um (laughs) (laughs) It <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, uh, May's just talking about what one of her professors advised her. And I don't know if you, you know, that, um, Sheila Edwards said that about you, Coco. But anyway, I think both of you are so versatile and you can really do anything you want. You can go anywhere you want. And I have absolute confidence in you that you're going to uh, just thrive and succeed in anything that you do. I'm wondering, like, what is the preeminent achievement that you will celebrate as a result of your ambassadorship? For me,
1: it's reconnecting with all the kids at SCAD.
0: Even you know, just yesterday I jumped on the kids, the scanned kids. It's like a whole universe, right? Yeah, no, it's great. And even just
1: being able to jump on a call with them, like just yesterday I jumped on a call and like looked at someone's portfolio and connected to someone at williams Sonoma. And it was just mm-hmm. so great to be reminded of kind of where those roots are coming from. And and that, that has really brought me back to my collection that I'm working on now is I'm revisiting a clay form which I haven't worked in in you know a decade. So to revisit to kind of go back to those roots has really been like the theme of this project for me um both from an educational standpoint and from a material standpoint. So I think that that's the big takeaway on my side.
0: Mhm.
2: Absolutely. I feel just opening this portal into the digital communication and being in the living room of uh Anne Hammond, the the young woman I'm mentoring who I felt such a connection with and could relate to some of her um her stories and even struggles as a student, and just reminding her uh as well to to just say the course and also showing her that. This this is what can happen if you stick to it and and you um, continue to explore and I just love that being able to adapt to this new age and and be so close and reconnecting with Scad it's definitely beautiful mm-hmm. and I'm so
0: grateful. I'm wondering if each of you has like a mantra that you kind of go back to uh, that kind of encourages you or um, helps you in times of difficulty or challenge. Well,
2: it's absolutely. I feel my collection is very much based on a reminder to see from a higher perspective and Mm -hmm. to expand and spread my wings. And so as I'm painting, these, this is very much my inspiration and I'm painting a lot the word fly. So to me, that's that's what it represents is expansion, spreading my wings, flying, seeing from a higher perspective. So it's it's been really beautiful to paint these words that I feel have so much symbolism and meaning and add that to the aesthetic of the design.
0: I love that, Coco. What about you? Do you have a mantra?
2: Yeah, it's been so interesting because obviously I, I
1: transitioned creative careers, right? And that's yeah. really given me the ability to kind of step back and say, what are the tool? What is a good creative, fundamentally? And to me, that's someone who understands that they're both a critic and a curator of the world, the world around them. And so I really have been just trying to remind myself that. It, you know, it is my job as a professional in this world to, to be a critic of the world and to be a curator of the world and to make sure that I'm looking from all perspectives and that I'm, you know, shining a light on what I feel is, needs to be shown. Mm.
0: Fly, create, and curate. I love it. (laughs) Words to live by. So, May I'd like to ask you a few things. Um, First of all, you worked for none none other than Madonna for the last six years as a creative assistant and costume designer. How did you get that job? Well,
2: when I first moved to New York City, I had a friend working for Madonna's manager. And so that it was just a connection. So I I got in with her management company and it just evolved from there and the last seven and a half years. and. it's it's been really amazing, actually, while I was working for her three years ago in Portugal and Lisbon, I was really inspired by the street art and the graffiti and just the beautiful musicians and the art that it would just it's just on the street. It's there to see. And um it really gave me a sense of courage to to paint, to be there. Um, there was a time where I was graffitiing, uh, at, at a birthday party we were doing and M saw that I had graffitied this, this woman. And she said, Oh my gosh, did you do that? And I said, I did. And she's like, this is what you should do. This is what you need to be doing. You need to, you need to be painting. You need to go graffiti. You should go out and do this. And I was like, Okay. And so I started uh, that night. I went out with some spray paint and and found a little spot. There's graffiti everywhere. It's very much culturally um, a part of their culture and a part of their expression. So street art and graffiti, I feel like, is really what has brought my art where it is today. And and that was through uh, working in my in my job at the time as the creative assistant and yeah being being pushed to to believe in myself and to have the courage to continue to paint and to break break into that more so it really pushed me to evolve and create.
0: How do you inform have you informed the style and narrative of such a an entertainment and cultural icon. I mean, does has she told you what she wants or have you made suggestions to her or how, how does that relationship work?
2: Both, absolutely both. Um, she will tell me what she's looking for, or what she wants. And then I've had the opportunity to, to just jump in and be creative like for her, uh, her last tour that she did. She had one section and she felt like it just needed to have more of a street vibe and uh, mm-hmm. New York City feeling. So I took the clothes that they had and just started painting on them, throwing paint on them and writing words of her lyrics. And and she really liked that direction. So I I that was in a section of her show was a lot of my painted jackets and, um, you know, splash paint distress on. Shoes and jeans. So it really brought the paint element to the clothing element. Um, and i I really just came up with that spur of the moment. She wanted something customized and unique for her show. And she felt just the solid colors were a bit flat. So I took took to the, again, the inspiration of even street art, letting it be a little rough and letting it have, some distress to it. Um, I feel like that really was infused and also just having such a long relationship of knowing what, what she likes and what her eye would would say has helped guide me as well to choose things that that I know she'll like, but also just trusting in myself and having the courage to distress a bunch of things and say what do you think of this and paint on things and she'll pick yes i like this no i don't like that and and so it's great it's she gives great feedback and and always pushes pushes me to be creative and is supportive of that
0: I know your new collection features some silk pajamas and knit joggers and sleek outerwear. Um, so um, I'm wondering, like, how do you plan to be part of fashion's future with, with your work? And tell me about, can you show us anything that you've been working on? Sure. I, this is a finished shirt that I have on.
2: That um, is so cool. Amazing. A tailor, tailored shirt. Yeah. I have um, silk boxers.
0: Ooh, that are
2: finished recently just had them in a photo shoot as well as um I did a short sleeve version as well just a a split collar and I think they're turning out really cool these were a test before the pajama that Mm -hmm. I'm I'm doing and I think uh, I'm also doing masks from the scraps so bringing in the
0: very smart
2: the paintability very smart. element but also safety features um, so they're really turning out cool I think with the painted I'm just painting on the yardage and and I'm loving how it's turning out so i I, I love th- it too I think there's an element of wearability in the silk pajamas you can wear mm-hmm. it and look really nice actually especially in this digital world where we can sit and have a conversation through a screen and it feels really comfortable. And so that's really where my design inspiration is coming from is comfort. I'm going with cashmere knits. Um, I found a knitter in South Central who's going to put together some samples for me of some Italian cashmere. And so I'm I'm exploring a bit with a more refined fabric. And it's a higher end finish. And I'm really excited about that because I think it's it brings an, just this comfort element, but it's also sleek and luxurious. And I think, especially with the opportunity to show it and sell it online, I'll be really interested to see with um, the price points and everything, how, how that does online and, and what people feel about the collection as well. So I'm excited.
0: PJs are they're big. They're brilliant. How, how would you suggest, uh, May, accessorizing your silk pajamas to wear out?
2: Well, you could add a, a nice trouser with them if you just wanted to go with the shirt. But I feel the pants will be very wearable as well. Um, mm-hmm. And just ev- keep it casual. Even it can be a nice casual um depending on whether it could be the nice casual open toe or it could be a nice even casual you know it could be athletic it could be a, a cool pair mm-hmm. of adidas or i i kind of like the streetwear vibe of it mm-hmm. and new york city kind of essence so i would style it even in an athletic way if um you know with like a lululemon like stretchy shirt underneath or something to yeah. to make it wearable i think athleisure is such a real thing now that people want to be able to be athletic and comfortable and, and look nice as well. So it's it's interesting to fuse it all together.
0: Mm-hmm. What's your next big thing, do you think? Well, I think this project
2: Momentum has really been such an inspiration. It's It's brought me to this new level of working with other very talented tailors and knitters here in Los Angeles and also in New York, working with a factory there. And it's just it's opening this whole world for me as a designer to to make more pieces, but also keep it still very custom and and keep it you know nice and small. I don't want to like overly produce. So I think it really follows my vision and um, how you know how I feel as an artist? How I want to create? I love having my hand on every piece and painting on every piece. So I feel my next big thing will be just to expand on this and cr- put my hand on more uh, pieces, essentially, and continue painting on fabric and draping with it because that's I'm going to drape gowns as well with the with the silk that I'm painting. Is oh. I'll have ta- very tailored pieces, but I'm very excited to. To, to drape and do some handmade garments in the future. You've got
0: yards and yards of silk to do anything with. <laughs> That's right. That's fantastic. So Coco, you're a furniture design alum with more than a decade of experience in film and theater. And you know, at SCAM, we love to see majors uh, con- conversing with each other and merging. How does your unique background um, influence your creative vision?
1: I mean, I'm addicted to creativity and I'm addicted to learning. I love it, right? And so it goes back kind of to the critique and the curation. It's really made an emphasis on how I'm communicating as a designer. And I think it's so important to be a good communicator because you're taking an idea that doesn't exist and you're bringing it to life. So it's really made a big push on how I'm communicating and am I doing that effectively across all fields, right? Regardless of what I'm doing in that moment. Mm
0: -hmm. And I know you founded your own studio, your own furniture company, Studio Cloak. So tell me what inspired the name and what advice you would share with future furniture entrepreneurs?
1: Um, Well, the name came from two different places. One place is that I grew up, my father was legally blind his whole life. And so I grew up with him and a lot of my formative years were describing the world around him. And Mm -hmm. it took many years into my adult life to realize that um, not everyone sees the world clearly. Everybody sees it through their own lens. And so Studio Cloak is largely a hearkening to that. And, Mm And then the other facet is sometimes I get bogged down by the celebrity that tends to come with sometimes creative success. And there's this part of me deep down that just wants to be in the shadows and making constantly, you know? And so that's also where it came from.
0: Yeah, so you're kind of cloaking yourself in that. Yeah, exactly. um, (laughs)
1: Um, I think especially as a woman too, right? There's this feeling of one of the things that I do a lot is I weld. And I love just being completely masked and completely in gear. There's a power to it where what you look like is completely disassociated with what you're doing. Um, But yeah, I would say that there's so many things that I've learned in the cultivation of Studio Cloak. And one of the big things is how much people are interested in bringing commissioned items into their homes. And really that being like such a driver for my business I think that's such an opportunity for other um, students and professionals to kind of jump in. People really want something unique. They want something different, especially now. And um, I think it's been really lovely to like appreciate that and to understand how much people intrinsically
0: want that. Mm-hmm. Both of you making things, beautiful things that people want and need. So it's it's art and it's functional uh, at the same time. Um, so I'm wondering the, uh, the scope of your materials and collection that you've done for the atelier, um, could you describe it a little bit or do you have anything there you can show us? Yes, I've of... got some things in the
1: background actually. Okay. And I've got some sketches Beautiful. on this wall too. Got lots of things wow. going on. Um, <laughs> but what's been great is usually, like I said, I weld up my forms and then I sculpt on top of them. But because everything's been so shut down, I decided to revisit clay and to revisit a vessel. And what does that fundamentally mean? And really celebrate like the handmade element. Um, And so for me, it's bringing those weird, obscure sculptural forms into a vessel collection. And that's largely what it's grown into. Fantastic. What's your next project on the horizon, Coco? Oh my gosh, so many things are so exciting. I mean, it's been so great to, the entertainment industry is starting to wake back up and i've been lucky to like be a part of those kind of early conversations of kind of what's the next what's the next iteration of it and what's happening next so i'm so excited for people i mean the future is just so bright right and um, i think there's so much opportunity for creatives to jump in and in all my facets it's really just about continuing to grow and to learn and to being a better communicator a better critic and a better curator of the world around me right
0: mm-hmm. Well, what a delightful and enlightening conversation with both of you, May and Coco. I think you both just exemplify the finest qualities and character and integrity of a SCAD Alumni Atelier Ambassador. And I just thank you once again for coming home to SCAD, for always keeping SCAD in your heart and for elevating your discipline, your profession, and your alma mater. We love you at SCAD. Once a B, always a B.